Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi there, it's Jeanette Linfoot here. Welcome to the very first episode of the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I am absolutely delighted to be bringing this to you. It's been a a bit of preparation along the way, but I'm so pleased that we finally got here and this is the first episode ever. Now, for those of you that know me, I am massively passionate about how everyone can really fulfill their potential, how you've got greatness within you. And actually, if you push yourself out of your comfort zone, you really can achieve amazing things. So that is what the podcast is going to be exploring about how being brave, bold and brilliant, we can really do fabulous things in our careers, in our business lives uh, and in our personal lives as well, of course. So I am going to be speaking to some incredibly inspiring people over the course of the podcast. And that will range right from sort of the boardroom tables of large corporate business is right through to the uh, dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups. And we'll be talking about how we overcome um, challenges, how we take opportunities, how we address risk, and at the same time, staying really true to ourselves through that whole process. So that's what it's all going to be about. It's going to be a combination of solo episodes from me, as well as interviews with really interesting guests. So I really hope you're going to love it. I'm delighted that you are on this journey with me as well. So as I say, I hope you're going to learn something. I hope you're going to enjoy the process with me. Um, But for this very first uh, episode, what I thought might be useful, for those of you that don't know me, it'd be probably a good place to start is to share a bit of my journey, really, what I'm all about um, and kind of how I've ended up here doing this a fabulous podcast uh, and being able to speak to so many wonderful people all around the world about their potential and what they're also doing. So as I say, I just wanted to give you a bit of background on me. So so who am I? Well, as I say, I'm Jeanette Linfoot. Uh, You can probably tell from my dulcet tones that I am a Manchester girl, uh, born and bred, but I have actually been down in London, gosh, for 25 years plus. So, uh, but I did start out life in Manchester and from a very working class family. You know, I was the youngest of three daughters. Um, So I've got two older sisters, Alison and Andrea. And, you know, we grew up in a really kind of happy family environment. My mum and dad were, were incredible, actually, and encouraged and supported us to really do whatever we wanted to, to pursue in life. So I had a great start in life. But, you know, we didn't actually have much money, to be honest. You know, um, as I say, very working class family. My dad, Arthur, he was a plumber. My mum, she was a, a secretary, but she was also quite entrepreneurial herself because she had market stalls and a hardware shop at some point as well throughout that time. So, you know, we were always taught the values really of working hard and that if people don't, you know, don't just give you anything for nothing in this life. And that has definitely stayed with me throughout my time and and certainly my career. 
And as the youngest of three girls, you can imagine, you know, what that must have been like in the house, in particular for my poor, my poor dad, um, who obviously was surrounded by these, these women. So it was, it was always very noisy at home. Um, but as I say, I had a great childhood, but I was the only one in my family to go to university. Um, you know, but that work ethic definitely sort of helped me. And I remember my first, first job was working in a chip shop uh, at the age of 14 for eight pound a day you know so mum and dad always instilled us this this real strong work ethic so when I managed to get to university I I took that seriously you know and I felt the responsibility of that because I knew that my parents had had to make sacrifices in order to financially um, you know enable me to go to uni so off I went to Leeds University and I definitely um, applied the ethos of work hard play hard during my time at Leeds Uh, but it was a really happy time for me and and I actually came out of um, university with a first class honours degree in economics which I was incredibly proud of so that would have been gosh back in 93 so I'm showing my age somewhat here. Um, But nonetheless, at that point, it was um, a recession. So I finished in Leeds, went back to Manchester. And when I was in Manchester, I started applying for jobs and graduate schemes and all the usual kind of things. And I must have applied for, oh my gosh, hundreds and hundreds of roles. And, you know, it was difficult. I wasn't actually getting the roles. And that was despite having left uni with a first class honours degree. So, you know, I did what I had to do because you do, don't you? You, you have to survive. And, and I guess these are going to be some of the themes that we'll explore through the course of the podcast. You know, that not everything always goes according to plan, does it? That's just not life. So, you know, I remember I was holding down four jobs at the time. You know, I was working um at Old Trafford Cricket Ground. I was also, as a waitress, I was waitressing in a local restaurant. I used to deliver the post at Kellogg's. Um, And as well as that, you know, I was cleaning tables in Debenhams at some point, you know. So I did what I needed to do to survive. Um, But then eventually I did manage to get a proper job. And that proper job was as a government economist down in Whitehall. So, of course, Whitehall's in London. So that meant a move to London. So there I was very kind of green and naive moving to the big city. And I did a typical northern approach. I said, I'll give it two or three years and then I'm coming back home. And, um, you know, obviously 25 years later, here I am still living in London. Uh, But I love, you know, very proud of my my, um, home roots, if you like, in Manchester, but I love living in, in the city as well. So, you know, that was great. I was doing the role on Whitehall as a government economist and it was a great first job. But I just kind of knew deep down inside that the grey suits and cardigans of the civil service, no offence to anyone who actually is a civil servant that's listening, but for me, it wasn't, it wasn't the right fit long term. So I pretty much you know, decided that I needed to jump out of the government economic service. So I was still getting all of the careers um, advice from uni and what have you at the time. And there was an advert for a graduate training scheme, and that was a, a Thompson, um, which Thompson was one of the well, was the largest travel company at the time. It was still owned by the Thompson family, actually. So I applied for the graduate training scheme, even though I was sort of two years postgraduate, if you like. So I've never been one to follow the norm, which you can probably um, start to realise. And anyway, I got I was success, successful and I joined. Um, and the interesting thing was when I was at uni, I had actually applied to Thompson for the graduate scheme, but I never got accepted. <laughs> I got rejected. So I 
guess I was tenacious and maybe had a bit of a bit of a bug to bear um, and that persevered to kind of get in there. So that was a really great first job, to be honest, because through that, I spent two years in lots of different parts of the business, you know, overseas, dealing with customers on the ground, um, yield management, commercial product, pricing, marketing, finance. So it's a great way to kind of, you know, learn a business through all the different areas. And then over the years, I got promoted and I was doing really well, actually, at, at Thompson. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I worked with some incredible um, leaders in their field. So I learned from the best, which, again, I think is another theme that we'll be pulling out throughout the podcast around how important mentors, coaches and surrounding yourself with the right people is, in particular when you're starting out in your career, um, because that can massively influence how you develop as a person. And that was definitely the case for me in those early years um, at Thompson. So that was great. And then I, I got to the point, I was seven years in and I was I really enjoyed it and I almost liked it too much, to be honest. And it was one of those where I thought, gosh, I could be here forever. And I had this sort of deep down feeling inside that I needed to move because I knew I wanted to become a much more rounded business person. So I had the opportunity at that point to go over to Spain. Um, Tui had three businesses at the time that were really struggling. Uh, they were loss-making businesses. They were lacking direction and strategy. So I got asked if I would go over to Barcelona to, to base myself there and sort these three businesses out. So that was probably the first foray, really, in terms of managing and running businesses in a different cultural environment, different language. And of course, this was for um, Spanish customers traveling on holiday um, rather than British people. So the whole cultural um, requirements are very different. And as I say, those businesses were failing. So my first, uh, I guess, experience of running a P&L um, international and doing a turnaround job, which was great. And I, I got those businesses in, in better shape and, and then, you know, enjoyed my time in Barcelona, as you can imagine. So then at that point, I came back to the UK and I joined Thomas Cook. Um, you'll be aware now Thomas Cook, unfortunately, went into administration, so he's no longer with us, which is, is a great shame. Um, it's a very sort of heritage brand, if you like, in the world of travel and tourism. So I joined Thomas Cook. And again, that was at a pivotal time because the business had moved to Peterborough and it was it, it, it put the, the brand of Thomas Cook against the tour operator for the first time. But because they'd relocated, they'd lost a lot of talent in the business. So it was almost like starting, starting again, really, if you like, in terms of the product offering, positioning the brand, building the team. So a really great experience. I then was quite happy there and um, I got put forward for an industry award which was Young Businesswoman of the Year and I won this award it was an external award so it was quite a big deal I guess um, so I was really pleased with that and, it, and then what ended up happening was I immediately got headhunted by the competitor one of the competitors which in this case was first choice and that was to join First Choice as a as product director. And this was covering all of the commercial activities associated with running a, a sort of a large travel business in the UK. So, of course, it was too good an offer, an opportunity to, to not take. So I moved over to First Choice 
um, which was a, a great time. My first choice were number four um, in the market at that point. And the thing that really struck me, and then I guess this is another area that I think we will explore on the, on the other episodes of the podcast, is around how the culture just felt really right. And, you know, I remember having uh, an interview. I had numerous interviews actually there, but they, they weren't clear on what the role was. But First Choice had the approach and the, the CEO, Peter Long and, and Dermot Blasland, they had the ethos of spot talent, bring it into the business and then figure out what to do with them later. <laughs> so that was kind of quite a strange, a strange position to be in. But I just really liked what they were doing. They were being, talk about being brave, brave and bold. You know, they were making some big uh, decisions at the time and really leading the way, punching bigger than their weight, really, considering they were fourth in the market. And that for me was a lesson about find an environment which suits you where you can really flourish and be yourself and be accepted for who you are. You know, so if any of you are listening and thinking about where you are right now, you know, if it doesn't feel right or you don't feel like, you, you know, you fit in or you share the same values, you know, definitely take a look at that would be my recommendation. But when I joined First Choice, as I say, it was a great time. It was a really good move for me. Um, I found a, a culture. I mean, I love the culture at Thompson as well in my early career. So to have that again for a second time. But it was a FTSE, um, FTSE 250 company. So even though it was a big company, it still had very much a family feel to it, which was great. So I joined First Choice as, as product director. And then I'd been doing that role for a couple of years. And then there was a merger between the tourism division of 2EAG, which is a German company at the time, um, and the and First Choice to create 2E Travel. And that meant, um, and 2E had bought Thompson in the UK quite a few years before. So this was around bringing together in the UK two, two really big brands, Thompson and First Choice. And, you know, I had a decision then to make, do I carry on doing product and commercial, which I'd done for a long time, or do I really need to, to think about something different? And I really felt in my heart of hearts that I knew I wanted to be a CEO and to run a business properly end to end with full P&L accountability. So I thought, now's my time. I didn't know what I was going to actually do necessarily at the point I was making this decision. But once I'd made the decision, it's amazing how quickly opportunities can come up to you. And I think you might find this yourself as well, that you know if you're in a certain mindset or a certain vibration, you're giving out a certain vibe, and very often things can all of a sudden seem to appear out of nowhere. Um, but that I firmly believe is, is linked to the laws of attraction almost. <laughs> you know, you attract those opportunities to you. And in this particular case, what happened was I then I got approached by um, a gentleman called Richard Prosser, who was my uh, boss uh, for quite a number of years. actually, And he Tui had made a decision, strategic decision to go into the emerging markets. And the first market was Russia. So Richard said to me, hey, Jeanette, you know, I know you're looking for a change. How do you fancy going to Russia? to run the operation over there. So, of course, I sort of had a big, deep intake of breath. and <laughs> Oh, my gosh, I hadn't really considered going to Russia as my next career move. But nonetheless, I thought, well, why not? You know, why not? How bad can it be? You know, so talk about being brave and pushing out of your comfort zone. This was definitely a pivotal moment for me. So off I went to Russia and it was quite a complex situation. I was over there for a couple of years. I was back and forward between Russia and the UK. 
But essentially what we were doing, we had a joint venture partner because you need to have a joint venture if you're doing business in Russia, really, as a Western European. So we had a joint venture partner and the joint venture was acquiring three travel businesses. So two in Russia, one in Ukraine. Now, I had never up to that point done any corporate finance, any mergers and acquisitions, etc. So that was totally new. But of course, the business environment was it couldn't have been more different than doing business in the UK. You know, everything was different. You know, the language was different. The taxation was different. You know, there were maverick competitors that, you know, just used to operate on a, on a cash basis. And of course, two as a FTSE 100 companies, you cannot operate that way. So it was absolutely, I mean, talk about an absolute, you know, massive learning curve, <laughs> steep learning curve. So one of the parts was buying the businesses. The second part was them with the local teams running those businesses on the ground because they were existing travel businesses. And then the third part was, okay, now we have those businesses, what should the strategic direction be? You know, should we keep them as a portfolio? Should we integrate them? Should we rebrand? Um, all of these really big strategic questions and how do we evolve the businesses over time? So there were three key aspects to it, but I have to say it was one of the most rewarding challenging um you know highs and lows of of my career during that time but I learned so much and I guess the reason why I'm emphasizing this to you is because it was an example of me feeling very uncomfortable about it in the first place but just thinking I'll give it a go how bad can it be so you know don't be afraid to fail just kind of put yourself out there a little bit and then great things can happen and then after that you know my boss Richard he left and uh, I then got subsequently promoted to become managing director of the emerging markets. And um, I shifted my attention then to doing business over in um, China, India, Brazil. And we were doing some really big, really big acquisitions as well as sort of running businesses on the ground. And the cultural diversity was just fascinating. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And, uh, you know, if any of you have done business over in Asia, you'll realize that, you know, pretty quickly that loss of face is such an important thing. So you have to be really careful with that. Um, And so being culturally aware uh, it taught me a lot because not only about how do you do business in different envi- different business environments with different cultural di- you know dimensions, but that's sort of a lesson in general in life, isn't it? About how do you navigate through different relationships um, in a sensitive way and adapt your style accordingly in order to be able to get the, the right result, but also to be doing it in a respectful way that creates a win-win for both sides. So it was certainly um, a fabulous period in my career. Um, I loved the variety, you know, the pace, um, the energy of starting something from scratch or turning something around. Um, so I was probably about six years during that period of my career. I then um, had the opportunity to um, join Saga, um, when Saga focused on the over 50s demographic as the CEO of their travel division. So I had four businesses and Saga, again, was in an interesting time because it had listed on the uh, London Stock Exchange um, and it had some existing travel businesses. But they Saga holidays had been in terminal decline. You then had Titan, which was an escorted tours business and Destinology that was um, a, a tailor-made business and, a, and then the VIP show for service. So there was a big turnaround job to be done on those businesses, uh, which I absolutely did. 
uh, got the businesses back into growth and sort of doubled the profit in the time I was there. I had 1,700 people on the team, etc. So it was an interesting opportunity. So again, a pivotal moment in my career. And then there I was, you know, in my sort of mid-40s thinking, okay, this is great, but what do I, where do I want to go next? What's my purpose? What's my vision for the, for the future? And again, this is going to be a theme that we pick up on and how important it is having clarity of purpose and knowing what you want to achieve in life. Uh, because that, once you know that, you can tell, take steps to achieving um, your potential. So, you know, a lot of people never fulfill their dreams, do they? Um, So we don't want to be one of those. We really want to push on and achieve everything we can in life. So, you know, as I say, I was there in my mid-40s and and really spent some time thinking about what's the next phase of my life? Um, What's it going to be like? What do I want it to be? And I decided I really enjoyed my every single role I've done in the corporate world. Um, But it was time for me to be more entrepreneurial. It was time for me to run my own, to have my own businesses, to invest my own money and to have the variety um, of a portfolio rather than being, you know, a sort of a a CEO of a large corporate um, business. So I jumped out of the corporate world and essentially I started my first business, which was um, advisory services for um, private equity clients and corporate clients, primarily on strategy, business development and mergers and acquisitions. Remember, I had actually, you know, had quite a bit of experience of that over the years, both in the UK and internationally. And I think, again, when you're making a change like that, it's always worth considering, you know, where are your strengths? Where have you already got experience that you've got confidence in? And therefore, when if you do start, start out on your own or on a new venture, it's not so scary because you're pulling on all of that experience and, and kind of hard-earned knowledge, if you like. So that was the first business that I set up, my board advisory business um, under Jeanette Linfoot Associates. Then the second business is our property inve- property investment business, which I have with my partner, Chris. So we invest in residential property in Manchester and we're building a significant portfolio of assets. And then the third business I have is my mentoring business where I work with individuals on how do they fulfill their potential? How can I help them achieve what they want to achieve in life? So I've got those three businesses. I'm also um, a, a board um, advisor on the for the for the founders factory which is a which was set up by Brent Hoberman who is the founder of last minute and it brings together corporates and entrepreneurial startups so I mentor support coach um, startup businesses in that space which is great and I love the energy and the enthusiasm and they tend to be very tech heavy businesses so it's great learning for me as well um, and then I also do some pro bono stuff too um, I'm a judge for every woman in travel I'm massively passionate about diversity and inclusion of all levels, actually, not just gender diversity. So that's something I really care deeply about. So, you know, as I say, it's been quite quite a journey, really, for me. Um, You know, I've been in business nearly 30 years. And through that, I've really enjoyed everything I've done. It hasn't always been easy, of course. You know, we have challenges. We have knockbacks. You know, I've had my fair um, you know, amount of successes, which I feel really pleased about. I've learned a huge amount along the way. And of course, we're, I'm still learning, you know, because we all are. So, you know, I really wanted to start this podcast because 
uh, as I say, I firmly believe that every single one of you has greatness within. Uh, but in order to fulfill our true potential, we do have to be brave, bold and brilliant and push ourselves out of our comfort zone and just want to make the biggest impact that we can make in this world. And this could be, you know, whether you're in business, whether you're in a job, whether you're, you know, a, a, a mother, a father, you know, you're focusing on your personal life, you might run a charity, you know, and I think those principles, they're not just all applying to in a business context, it really does go across the piece. Um, so that's why I wanted to start the podcast because I'm fascinated by this whole topic of being able to be the best version of yourself, be the person you want to be. You know, we only have one life. So let's make sure we have no regrets and um, we really give everything that we want to give a, a great chance of, um, of being successful. And also, you know, don't be afraid to fail. You know, because we can't always win, as Arnold Schwarzenegger says, but we, you know, don't be afraid to fail, at least give it a go. So that's why I started the podcast. I'm absolutely delighted that you're tuning in. I look forward to sharing with you lots of further episodes and also some really interesting guests who I know you're going to be inspired by, be driven forward by, uh, get great comfort from hearing, you know, their stories and twists and turns along the way. So thank you for listening. And I look forward to bringing you many, many more Brave, Bold, Brilliant episodes. Bye now.